Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Ladies and gentlemen, today's the day the music died. You hear the song there? You see what I did with that? Nice. 60 years ago today, the music died. 64, I believe. 59. Right. Maybe they'd be happy for a while. This is what the song's uh, made after by Don McLean. And Kim, you actually told me about this song a little bit here. Um, You told me about this whole situation that went down. Yep. It doesn't work when you sing over the song, like I tried to explain nicely before we started recording, but you're just retarded, I think. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm retarded. I know, but you how are you doing? You should turn it off, though, because copyright. We're talking over it. Okay. All right. I um, asked you a question. I'm doing great. Try to be professional here. I'm a little retarded, uh, I guess, but yeah, I'm doing I, great. Yeah, I asked you not to sing over it, but it's okay. It's a beautiful song. <sighs> He's going to hold that against me American until the day Pie. I die. This was meant to be a nice intro. We just can't have anything nice here. My Miss American Pie. I'm sorry. You're, I swear to God, it's it's insane I trying like, to do anything with you. Is okay, hard. you cannot play this song and not sing it. You can't. You just cannot. Okay. Especially today. So, how did you hear about this whole situation? This this really really sad sad thing that happened in 1959. Um, well, basically my mom was obsessed with it. She would talk about it all the time, and every year on this day we'd, like, you know, play the song and talk about it. And lo and behold, when you did research, I found out, like, the plane crashed before she died. So her parents must have been super, super obsessed with it and, like, ingrained it into her. My mom was born in 61, and the plane crashed in 59. So, you know, my mom was just super uh, obsessed with Jimmy Valens and, you know, the whole plane crash thing. So I, like, just knew that it was a national tragedy, you know, and everybody was upset and they talked about it for years. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, it is weird. I mean, it, a lot of people say that, you know, music changed uh, when this whole situation happened. Three very prolific artists dying during this uh, weird plane crash during a very weird tour in the Midwest uh, during the winter. And I want to talk about some of the ritual aspects of this. Um, we'll let this song roll a little bit, you know, and then we'll get into it because uh, obviously you kind of give like the layman version of what went on. I want to talk about, like I said, the ritual aspects. There and is just a get lot. Into it. There's a lot of um, lyrics in this song that yeah, like, yeah. Pull up the lyrics the there and actually point some out. Yeah, because they there's a there's a reference to a sacrifice in the song, right? Yeah. 
Which I was is say that, but you interrupted me. Don't no. interrupt. Don't interrupt, Kim. It is kind of hard to it. hear what's going on while exactly, the song's going. Right. But. So that's why I said we should, you know. But yeah, so today is the day the music died. Yeah, and it it kind of, you know, you mentioned it yesterday. Um, usually I don't listen to you very well. I should more probably. Right. I know a little bit about some things. Right. I am, you know, 10 years older than you are. I Exactly. But this music really does transcend age, right? So it doesn't matter that you're 10 years older than me in this situation. Uh, this music was made before you were born, right? Way before. A little bit before. A lot before I was born. No, a little kidding. bit before I was born. A lot. <laughs> just kidding. But yeah, I mean, I want to, I wanna, like I said, let's get into this stuff because this right. is uh, very strange. Did you find that particular lyric that's in that song later? Oh, yeah. Um, it's, they just, uh, I'm reading through the lyrics right now. and It's, it's towards the end. Like, maybe, like, 75%, yeah. 80%. See, there, there's so many, like, this is such a weird lyric. While the king was looking down, the jester sold his thorny crown. The courtroom was adjourned, no verdict was returned. Mm. That's it, actually. The courtroom was adjourned and no verdict was returned. That means that, like, I'm pretty sure, I don't know what happened, but um, I'm pretty sure that, like, it probably did go to court in some form or fashion. There was and, investigations, yeah, which I'll get into. and no one was found guilty, you know? But look for the part with the plane. There's a part where it says a plane and a sacrificial light. Oh, yeah. Right? Hold on. While you're looking through that, and don't jump in, I'm going to like kind of do a little uh, introduction here. But, uh, you know, Buddy Holly was the, the big one that went down in this. You also had a couple other artists that we'll mention in a second. Me, Kim might have actually mentioned them earlier. Oh. But you have Buddy Holly's band at the time consisting of Waylon Jennings. We've all heard of this guy. Tommy Alsup and then Carl Bunch. And they were playing on this uh, tour in the Midwest called the Winter Dance Party. So remember that name, Winter Dance Party. And um, the Big Bopper and Richie Valens joined in on the tour, right? These are emerging artists at the time. And they are doing the Winter Dance Party with Buddy Holly, who had just left the Crickets. Did you find the... The one there? Yeah, it's really strange. So in the there's a few of them. So it says, uh, Jack Flash sat on a candlestick because fire is the devil's only friend. Mm-hmm. And I watched him on stage. My hands f- uh, clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell could break the Satan spell. And then uh, flames climbed high into the night to, uh, to light the sacrificial rite. There you go. I saw Satan laughing with delight the day the music died. That's strange. So that means that like it was a sacrifice and pe- some people knew it and they couldn't stop it, but they all knew it was going to happen. And it was probably supposed to be the other guy. Like, there's no way in hell, like, the coin toss. Maybe it was a double-sided coin or, like, thing. a double-headed coin. Right. So so let's not get ahead of ourselves here. because Holy this cannoli. Is, this is interesting. And, and, you know, it's kind of well-known in the conspiracy world that music is the devil's tool and all this shit, right? And music of the 50s was about love uh, between a man and a woman. Let's be real. That's what it was about back then. It was about partying, as they like to say back then, bopping, right? That's that's a type of dancing, right? Frank, right. The only reason I even know that is because Frank from Always Sunny is like, we want to make the kids bop with us when yeah. they're trying to make their band. They're like, no kids are going to well, bop with us, Frank. When I was younger, they used to have on the radio like just 50s music stations. Okay. And that was like the classic music of the time. Now, like classic music is 80s and it's scary to me. Right, but right. yeah, so um, back in the day, it was like 50s music. So I right. used to listen to all that stuff. And my 
for like older, you know, family and stuff when they'd babysit me, I'd always listen to that music. Like and Buddy Holly, Cricket, yeah, all that yeah. Richie Valens was big. Like that well, you song know had just dropped. His La Bamba song La Bamba. just came out. And was a fucking smash hit all across the country. So and your then mom had died. a big crush on him, too. Yeah. Well, no, she was like a little kid, but I think my grandmother had a big crush on him okay. when he first came out. And then she like passed that on to my mom because right. she was so devastated that, I mean, my mom would like cry about it still. Well, it's I'll go through. psychotic. Yeah, that is a little weird, especially <laughs> like, like she didn't know. She wasn't know even born. Yeah. But so the top, top artists of the 50s, uh, Elvis Presley, Fats Domino, Chuck Berry, Little Richard, the Everly Brothers, Bill Haley and his Comets, Ray Charles. Buddy Holly and the Crickets, boom. Uh, the Clovers, the Platters, and so on. Right, um, and all that music pretty much died and stopped being as the popular. The style changed. Yeah, because, and that's like right after, you know, like Elvis was popular, but like the, the era was changing. So, right. it, you know. Well, yeah, because you get a really good indication from the 50s to the 60s top 10 when, you know, I've been talking about LSD and psychedelics a lot. This is when this shit gets introduced to the public, and the Grateful Dead really pushes it out, right? Yeah, Grateful Dead, Jim Morrison, all all of them. Janis Joplin, um, Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix, of course. Well, so listen to the top ten in the 60s and how different the sound is from the 50s to the 60s, okay? The Beatles, James Brown, the Beach Boys... The Supremes, the yeah. Rolling Stones, who they had an album referencing uh, Satan in the title of the album, right? right? The Beatles went started to go to India and shit. Bob Dylan, yeah. Aretha Franklin, Elvis was still hanging on because he was so iconic. He, he dies in sixty. Fat. He dies in the seventies, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is Fat Elvis. This is good <laughs> yeah. Elvis. Uh, Sam Cooke and then Jimi <laughs> Hendrix Elvis. rounding out that top ten, right? Yeah, um, Jimi Hendrix is just starting out because he was like a fucking guitar god. I, to a supernatural they, well, level. Well, to people, almost. yeah. To and back then, like he's still got like in equivalents of guitar rock legends today. Right. So back then, when that sound was like brand new, they were like, "Holy cannoli!" You know, I don't know why I keep saying that. So yeah. listen to <laughs> the difference between the '50s and now the '70s. And in the '70s is when you really start feeling the death of the music, as Bob McLean says. Uh, Stevie Wonder being the number one artist in the 70s as a, as a whole, right? And then you move to Led Zeppelin, very different sound than the boppin' music, right? Yeah. Um, Elton John, uh, who and else? you had disco, too. Disco, Pink Floyd, listen. Disco was competing with rock. Pink Floyd was number four on this list. Another very kind of dark-sounding one. Rolling Stones remains uh, in the top five. The Eagles, okay, making strange songs like uh, Hotel California. Marvin Gaye kind of having a different vibe there. Queen, another oh, one of those. Marvin Gaye, he had a sad life. James Brown, yeah, with his dad, right? Yeah. And The Who are the top ten there. So you see a very, very different <laughs> shift in the culture. And this happens with music. I mean, culture changes and whatnot. But, but this seemed like a passing of the torch, which is yeah. in itself, that's a satanic phrase, not to be overly preachy or anything, but it's well known that that is, uh, you know, it's got undertones of the Olympics and then also the torch bearer, right. the light bearer, which is Lucifer. Right? I think so. Elvis got really, really popular because the three, like, they were kind of like outcast rockers, the three people that died, you know, they were considered like satanic you know, like their music led to the devil's dancing. Well, I have a separate theory. Okay, but I think that that it was because they were trying to pump up Elvis. Possibly, possibly things like the Beatles and the whole British invasion with the Rolling Stones and yeah, all that stuff. But listen, push, I think yeah. with the baby boomers, the the music of the fifties was really targeted towards teens. Okay, um, it, actually, even when you look at this flyer. 
of the um, the the winter dance party uh, tour, it is totally a a thing attracted to teens. I mean, it's trying to call teens in, and what it is basically. It says winter dance party, teens $1.50, parents can come for free. Uh, you have yellow and black theme on this. You've got Buddy Holly and the Crickets, Richie Valentine, the Big Bopper, and then a, a fourth one that's kind of left out of this whole thing, and then a fifth even, uh, Dion and the Belmonts, and then also Frankie Sardo. All were on this tour, but for some reason, they wanted to remove these three wise men, if you want to call them that, of this rock era. Really interesting to me, but you're attracting the teens in this time, and then when the teens are 10 years older in the 60s, now you're indoctrinating them with darker sounds, you're right. pumping LSD out there, and you're getting them to, as you said earlier before we started recording, it's all about like being pro-establishment in the 50s, and then the 60s, it's a 180 flip yeah, to being anti-establishment, fuck the government You know what I also stuff. think, too? I also think that in the, the 40s and 30s, you know, 30s, 40s, and 50s, they were experimenting with um, putting sound and, and subliminal messaging behind right. the music. In the 30s is when the tuning changed with the Rockefeller yeah, music exactly. system. exactly, and, and the set standard became higher pitched so that they could put stuff behind it. So, so what I'm saying is like they were able to program people with just music in the past, and now it's like wearing off. Right. And so now it has to be music and, you know, LSD mm. yeah, <laughs> to just control the masses. It's strange. So, yeah, let's get back into some of the things that I had uh, gotten together here. After f- performing in Clear Lake, Iowa, Buddy Holly wanted to charter a plane to get to his next show in Minnesota because the tour buses were totally shitty. I guess the ice uh, on the road was pretty treacherous. And they were just tired of all this shit. Performers are getting sick. And it's inf- uh, it's totally influencing the way that they're performing. It's affecting it in a negative way. I'm sure if in the 1950s, if I had the chance to take a private plane, I fucking would. Of course. In a heartbeat. I mean, you would today too, right? Yeah, exactly. Everyone would. Yeah. So Richardson, the big bopper... Um, was suffering from the flu, so instead of going on the uh, the bus, he swapped places with Waylon Jennings. So Waylon Jennings was supposed to be on this plane that crashed, but instead, Which is crazy. Richardson gets on there, the big bopper. Okay, now and this Waylon is where Jennings it gets weird. went on to be super famous. Of course Sorry. he did. Yeah. This is where it gets really weird too. Um, he takes his seat now. Also, the other, I think he's the guitar player uh, for the Buddy Holly band. Lost his seat to Valens, the the La Bamba guy, right? Yep. In a coin toss. Yeah. Okay. Now that is fate. If I've ever seen it or heard it or whatever, or maybe this is controlled in some way. It could be a you know a fucking you double know, sided double sided coin. Yeah. Maybe this is all written out and this is how this shit's supposed to be. When we say that this stuff is set up or it's ritualistic, it doesn't necessarily need to be people that are in on the ritual. It could be something written in the stars, so to speak. Maybe it didn't matter which one of them to had to die, but one of them did have to die, so they just flipped a coin. I mean, I think it's more in, impactful if three separate artists die. Because you know what's fucked up right. is uh, Holly's band didn't miss a beat on tour. They were hitting a new location every single day. Right. And they didn't even take a day off. Right. They continued they were, with the full 24 yeah, stop tour. I think that that's too in the era when they had just started doing a lot. Like uh, cocaine started becoming super relevant in like closed circles of famous people. Right. And speed, meth, different forms of meth and pill version. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now, but I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. So listen, the plane ended up crashing uh, after the 11th trip. 11, number 11, right? Like the whole 11, 11 thing, manifest things. It crashes on the 11th trip. On the way to the 12th, there was 24 scheduled trips. What's the difference between 24 and 11? You know that quickly? No. 13. How do you not know? 13. (laughs) An unlucky number, 13, right? Um, So for some reason, like I said, the band didn't miss a beat after this complete tragedy, just continued touring. Um, And uh, even before Buddy died, they referred to this tour as the tour of hell. Because of the way that the record label and the promoters had scheduled the stops. It wasn't anything that made sense. Like, let's start over to the east side of the Midwest and then kind of go over towards the the west. They're zigzagging. I mean, if you look at the pattern, it makes no sense. I was trying to see if I could pick out like a pentagram in this thing hidden out because it was so all over the place. That makes sense why the lyrics to the American Pie song are the way they are. Because they reference like... uh, they reference hell quite a bit. Right. I, mean, I could like look through again to find specifics of the tour from hell, but that lyric sounds familiar. Yeah. So, <laughs> so as I mentioned, this is a ritualistic thing. They crash in a cornfield right when they take off in Iowa. And there are some pretty ritualistic aspects of corn and winter. Now this is uh, citing my esoteric encyclopedia that I gave out to everybody on Instagram for the longest time. It was available to Patreon subscribers, um, I, it's still published on Patreon as well, but, um, this is what I read from that from a, uh, corn dolly specifically corn dollies. It's a ritualistic thing. When you harvest the corn, you save some of it and you make a, it almost looks like an ankh, like an Egyptian ankh out of it. And you hang that on a wall. And then once your next crop, the next year is ready to go, you take that corn dolly and you put it in the field. And the essence of that old crop is remaining in that dolly 
and uh, it gives the new crops strength, the, the same strength that the previous crops the year before had. That's super crazy. It's a weird thing. And it, yeah, corn corn is, is very, very uh, important to any like found, agricultural culture. I found another lyric that's pretty interesting where the guy references the three men that passed away. Okay. He says, the three men that I admire most, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, they mm. caught the last train for the coast the day the music died. And I think how it says, like, they, you know, every day they drove their Chevy to the levee and the levee was dry, right, and right. drinking whiskey and rye, and singing this will be the day. I think that they probably, that was like a running joke on that tour, like, to, I, you know, because... Yeah, because the icy roads and the shitty Icy conditions. roads and how, and it was the tour from hell, so the, like, today we're going to die, you know, is today the day we're going to die. You know, I'm, I could see that, you know... Well, and then also talking being about something being joke. dry, the, the levee being dry, maybe there's no... You know, it's a metaphor for like creation, like the, right. like this era of music is dying and we need to find something new. There's yeah. new artists waiting in the wings. Right. Let's get rid of the old and let's bring in the new. So let's get into this corn, uh, the ritual aspects of corn and winter, according to my esoteric encyclopedia. In any agri, agri oh boy, agrarian culture, <laughs> the success of the crop uh, corn is all important in northern Europe and harvest produce was essential to survival during the winter period. Okay, so you get winter and corn right there. It's an essential thing. Um, I know people, uh, Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled has been doing a lot of videos from his farm that he's got, right? And uh, he said it right in his video. He feeds corn to his chickens in the winter because it helps them. It, it, it keeps them warmer, right? The extra carbs give them, get them fatter and whatnot. So yeah, corn is a crucial crop going into winter, especially for old civilizations right it was generally it was a generally held belief that the spirit of the harvest in this case the versatile grain crop resided in the plant and once the plant was cut down i can barely see this this fucking thing is blocking me um <laughs> this stupid thing that i got when, once the the crop was cut down then the spirit effectively became homeless okay in order to provide a new home for the spirit the farmers made a corn dolly that thing that it looks like an ank from the very last stocks of the crop the dolly would spend their time indoors, or her time indoors, over the winter, waiting to be plowed back into the ground to start the new season. And in places where the corn dolly custom was not established, the last few stalks of corn were violently beaten into the ground, thus giving the spirit back into the earth. So you're basically killing the corn if you're not making a dolly out of it. And there's other Asian cultures specifically that if someone was found, like an outsider or someone from another village was found inside of a cornfield, they would have to keep them in the cornfield. They weren't allowed to leave the cornfield and they would have to decapitate them in the cornfield because their blood was stealing the essence of the corn. And so they'd have to, you know, sprinkle that blood back into the field. So it's interesting. South Park actually makes a joke about this. Remember right. with, with Miley Cyrus and yeah. Britney Spears where they build these musicians up and then kill them, and then the corn grows, right? Yep. So it's interesting that, you know, it's a goofy cartoon. It's stupid most of the time, but there's a lot of messages in Which these is kinds why of shows. Anna, I, I don't really believe the pilgrim story either, but we won't get into that. Yeah, it's the, a separate the, episode. The, yeah, Indians just gave some pilgrims corn. Yeah, they fucking know. <laughs> right. But never mind that. And if it was, maybe they were the, uh, like, uh, it's a metaphor for something. It, it's stealing right. the, the Indians' essence, uh, I would say, more so than anything. But... Um, when I, I mentioned earlier, Buddy, Buddy Holly left the Crickets, which was his you know, previous band. And because of this, he needed some money. 
And there was two other reasons he needed more money. And this is why he was on this kind of like last minute slap together tour. Um, he had a pregnant wife and his old manager, which this sounds like a comic book story. Norman Petty uh, was stealing money from him. A guy with the last name Petty stealing money. And so now you need to go and work more. Um, it's also this child sacrifice also kind of comes in here because, again, Buddy Holly's wife, Maria Elena Holly, was pregnant and she miscarried after hearing the news, according to uh, sources. And um, I guess this is because of psychological trauma. So you get an right. element of it's child sacrifice. It's pretty traumatic. I'm sure that you could. Well, she found that on the news. Like, oh, no one Jesus. even called her. And after this, that's horrible. After this whole situation went down, this is actually the reason that police and, or I should say, media isn't allowed to release any names of people that die in traumatic accidents until the family is known. Yeah. Yeah. That's because of this. Good. So, well, yeah, I guess, but that's yeah. Well, it's good that they did something and something changed because that's horrible. It's a horrible way to find out. Do you want to get a little conspiratorial now? Um, if that wasn't enough for you, (laughs) this whole tour seems to be set up so that something could go wrong. I mentioned it's zigzagged all over the damn place. Sometimes they're driving on these icy roads and these big tour bus and these entourages for 10 or 12 hours straight. Okay, so you're performing and then you're traveling all throughout the night into the early right. morning when most car accidents on the road happen. It's like when the sun starts coming up, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty dangerous. It's super icy usually in the Midwest. Well, in especially the in the winter. This is the yeah. winter dance party tour. So yeah. 10 hours, 12 hours straight on the icy roads. Uh, these dudes are obviously getting sick and shit. The buses so. are not warm either. Like your car in that kind of cold temperature does not get warm when the heater's on. And it this is before matter. they were like, you know, traveling with all kinds of prostitutes and shit, I'm sure. You know, yeah. and this guy's married. They seem kind of like pussies. By yeah, it's standards. like 50s era culture. They're, they will sleep around, but like not like have a drink of brandy to go to bed, you know. Yeah. But <laughs> this is this is where it gets strange. This pilot that was chosen to fly because it almost seems like. The record label or whoever had had allegedly been behind this, it seems like they have they would have anticipated somebody to charter a jet at some point because of these conditions, and the pilot chosen to fly this tiny tiny plane. It's a very small plane, a uh, uh, something beach bonanza plane. It holds very few people. This guy chosen to fly a small plane, which is harder to fly than a large plane, had four years of flying experience only. Okay, four years of flying experience. Flying in crazy conditions with three high-value people on board. This guy's name is Roger was Peterson. The, was the plane like overweighted too? Because it had all their band equipment plus all their luggage. Like it was kind of like an Aaliyah situation. The the plane was overcrowded. The the um, pilot was unexperienced, and it was overweight. And like something snapped in the engine somewhere because it was under too much stress. Right now, I'm looking at. Um, some more on this Roger Peterson, the pilot here. Peterson had failed an instrument check ride nine months before this inc- this this whole thing went out. Um, he had received his instrument training on airplanes equipped with a conventional artificial horizon as a source of air of uh, aircraft altitude information, and then the one that he was flying today, the Sperry F three altitude gyroscope, was used, which is an older version. So he wasn't even a hundred percent up to date on current. Um, tech for the plane to to you know calculate where the altitude is. So all in all, and he he's, was he's inexperienced. Using, well, he's using old equipment. Yeah, he's inexperienced. He has failed his his tests in the past, and he's flying something that he's not even used to. And this is particularly strange because 
he couldn't see out the fucking window. He couldn't. You, you can't right. see in these conditions. So he basically needed to know how to fly a plane only using the shit that you can see yeah. in the cockpit. He was not able to do that. He'd never done it before. <laughs> yet he's flying three rock gods of the time. I you know, think that in, it was probably conditions. late at night and nobody wanted to fly, and he was he volunteered. That so like in the moment, it was not abnormal. But looking back at it, it's not appropriate like like something it was like something either fate is crazy and everything worked out to where these three rock gods literally died or like it was a setup well it seems to be a setup (laughs) another thing that happened uh contributing factor here was the seriously inadequate weather briefing provided to the pilot peterson here which failed to even mention adverse flying conditions so he didn't even go into this possibly anticipating that he would not be able to see where the fuck he was going and he would have to rely on his equipment to tell himself. So right. he thought it, it was going to be an easy flight because the snow hadn't fallen yet. Right. Well, and also, <laughs> you know, the, the weather is different above the clouds too, right? Yeah. So he just has no idea what's going on. This reminds me of the dude that was in charge of the autopsy of JFK. Someone seriously unprepared and inexperienced to do something so important. So see, that just sounds fake though. Like it sounds so like fantastical that it could be a move and yeah. you know it is and so like that's just it's it's too it's it was written it's a script you know? it sure seems to be like yeah. that and we see that a lot but um as you mentioned we mentioned in the beginning we're wrapping up here this is meant to just be kind of a short thing just to kind of get the idea pay a little homage to right this unfortunate situation man it's sad i wanted to point out that in the lyric how it does say father son and holy ghost i want to see what their ages were all three of them when they died do you know i think uh, buddy holly was 22 and um, I know Richie Valens was the youngest one. I feel like he was like either 17 or 19 or something. And then Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So the oldest one was the Big Bopper. Okay, well, let's see. So Buddy Holly, uh, he died at 22. Okay, so 22. We'll add all their ages up, too, just to see. What was the other names? Uh, Jimmy Valens. Jimmy Valens. E-N-Z. Uh, Valens, E-N-Z. Okay. Jimmy Valens? Yeah. Uh, Richie Valens. Richie. Jesus. Jimmy? Jeez. Oh, Richie boy. Valens. Did I say Jimmy this whole time? I probably did. I apologize. I'm a little stoned. So, Richie Valens Richie was Valens. 17. Yeah, wow. 17 or 18. I remember. Yeah, he was really young. He was the youngest, the son. Poor guy. The father was uh, the the crickets guy. Okay, the big bopper. And the big bopper was an older man, so he was the Holy Ghost. And they were, that's crazy. Uh, what's his real name? The Big Bopper, J.P. Richardson. He was twenty-eight. Wow. Twenty-eight, twenty-two, 17. and seventeen. You want to add all those together for me, real quick? All right. Twenty-eight, I'm twenty-two, seventeen. Father, son, Holy Ghost. I'm not doing it in my head. I'm pulling up my fucking calculator because I'm a moron. Yeah, we're waiting here. <laughs> okay, seventeen. Twenty-two. Plus twenty-two plus twenty-eight is sixty-seven. Sixty-seven. Okay. Huh. And yeah. Sixty-seven. Add those together. Uh, six plus seven is thirteen. So, you know, wow, numbers are I fun. Know. I don't know why you like numerology. I think that's just coincidence, but whatever. I know, but that's what conspiracies you know what it, are. It's, it, it, it's it sounds every time someone does numerology like this, like you just it sounds like computer code. Right. You know, like it like all of those numbers can add up to a certain number that is like, woo, because uh, like computer code is like that, you yeah. know, like it's random until it's not. 
you know, it seems random, but it's totally not random. Well, that's what like, that's what so. I say is like, you know, yeah. a lot of people in this conspiracy world, they get a little too cynical uh, lately because it's gotten so mainstream and then everyone's trying to find disinformation in everything. Yeah. So you still have to like remain with that sense of wonder and like that whole thing where like this is here. So let's talk about it. So right. this wasn't a conspiracy. This was not a conspiracy. This wasn't an accident. This was a conspiracy plane crash. Aaliyah's was a conspiracy crane plane crash. I'm about to Say something else that some people might get mad about, and Colby Bryant's was a oh, conspiracy yeah. plane crash. That's well All known, three yeah. of those, we hadn't had a plane crash in a while where a celebrity did a celebrity died. Yeah. Um, who was it that uh, she was a judge on American Idol, the drunk one? The um, she said oh, Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul. She claims that she was in a plane crash and survived, but there's Post no, Malone was too. There's no, but but Paula Abdul's is crazy. She claims that she was in a crazy um, plane crash where she survived, but some people died, and she was like pulled from the wreckage and half conscious, went to the hospital, all that right. jazz. There's no record of her being in a plane crash. There's no record of a plane crashing. <laughs> there's no record of any of that. So that's a big conspiracy, and she swears up and down she was in a plane crash. So who knows? And then, oh, oh, um, the drummer for Blink-182, he's married to Kourtney Kardashian, Travis Barker. He was in a giant plane crash. Mm. He survived. Who else? Leonard Skinner, I think, was. Yeah. They died, though. Yeah. A Um, few people, you know, like a few big people. Like it happens all the time with big celebrities, probably because they take private planes all the time. But I'm just saying, like, uh, they're never, it always is, like, other people score big time from those, those right. plane crashes or society changes if the celebrity's big enough and paying attention. Yeah, I mean, again, uh, closing thoughts here. This wrapping uh, up of this era of music seems to, again, have started uh, somewhat of a societal, social decline. Vietnam War kicking off uh, yeah. shortly after the, this plane crashes just a few years later. And then music changes music every, changing big time. every century or every decade after yeah, that. To, cent- <laughs> boy. <laughs> music changes every decade after that. So like they could just sway and change society per the music everybody's listening to. Yeah, it's pretty damn interesting. Again, LSD tying in here. Uh, you know, the psychedelic revolution, the fake uh, love, the the hate disguised as love. Uh, I'm going to be actually talking about the Grateful Dead in the next full length episode. Ooh. And, um, you know, the whole manufacturing of culture after this. This is shortly after this situation happens, relatively speaking. So uh, listen to American Pie today uh, in honor of the whole situation that went down. It's yeah. uh, it's recognized like worldwide as the yeah. day the music died, yeah. uh, February 3rd. So we wanted to throw this together really quickly. Obviously a short episode, not a super deep dive, but tons of theories you can come up with on your own. And uh, until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. Kim, any last words? Bye. Take care, guys.
Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yep, yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.